Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with another hilarious Republican fail. Move on to why Florida farmers and Karens for Liberty are angry and follow all of that up with the latest installment of our ongoing docuseries, How Fucked is Dolt 45? Let's begin, shall we? Representing the poorly educated in Colorado's 3rd District and new spokesperson for tardiness, no longer Miss Lauren Boba Fett, recently tried to get ahead of a problem no one was actually paying any attention to until Bobblehead opened her big mouth and said this. Hey everyone, I am back in Colorado, but let's talk about D.C. No excuses, I was ticked off. They wouldn't let me do my job, so I didn't take the vote. Once again, Washington's power machine shoved a multi-trillion dollar bill down our throats, refused to allow debate or amendments, disregarded everything we fought for in January to actually allow representatives to do their jobs. And instead, they served us up a crap sandwich. Call it a no-show protest, but I certainly let every one of my colleagues and the country know I was against this garbage of a bill. Ah, you heard insurrectionist Barbie. That debt ceiling vote, yeah, she didn't show up because they wouldn't let her do her job. So this South Park extra said, screw you guys, I'm going home. Or did she? Because like I said before, no one had Colorado's favorite GED recipient on their radar until she posted this video, which made some think she doth protest too much. And you know what happens when you fuck around, right? (laughs) Roll tape. And uh, it turns out that she's lying when she says it was a protest or she was taking part in a protest because uh, video evidence would prove otherwise. A Capitol Hill producer caught Lauren Boebert on tape, frantically running into the building Wednesday evening, too late to vote. They just closed it. They closed it? Yeah. So this 36-year-old grandma arrives late to a vote that she was protesting? (laughs) That's a counter-argument I bet OnlyFans Velma came up with all on her own. And I know this because she posted her rebuttal before anyone asked the question. Because we wouldn't have known about the B-side footage of this NBC producer who got OnlyFans Velma running up the Capitol steps, hoping she wasn't too late to cast her debt ceiling vote if she hadn't posted a video explaining why she didn't vote in the first place. (laughs) At the time, the only people who knew the truth were Boberty Lee and the House Vote Counter, which is also why we know about this. Uh, and Bobert actually admitted that she was late and missed the vote on the congressional record, saying that she was unavoidably detained. And if she, quote, had been present, she would have voted nay. <laughs> I tell you, folks, with these maggots, the jokes just write themselves. 
And remember, kitties, when it comes to being late, this failed businesswoman may lie to her constituents on camera in a video that she made and posted all on her own, but she would never lie to her boss, especially when it's part of a congressional record. And while we're on the subject of the find out phase, it seems like Florida farmers are really upset about immigrants leaving their jobs and even the state. After the man who hates brown people they voted for as governor signed a new immigration law. In an effort to put an end to the mass exodus of immigrants, Republican state legislators sent their token Hispanic member Alicia Garcia and the very white Rick Roth to have a little talk with migrant workers about the impact they're leaving the state and their jobs is costing their anti-immigrant bosses. I agree with everything that uh, Representative Roth said. This is a bill basically to scare people from coming to the state of Florida, and I think that uh, it's, it's done its purpose. This bill really doesn't have any teeth in it. And even though we're immigrants, I was born in Cuba and I came when I was two years old, uh, we need to have immigration that is legal. We need to have legal immigration. And the federal government has completely left us, you know, uh, they haven't done their job. Wow. That Republican rep, Alicia Garcia, has some big cojones. Anti-immigrant explaining the bill that she and her colleagues voted for that made Floridian migrants illegal, which is why they're leaving the state in droves in the first place. Hispanic truck drivers are also refusing to deliver goods into the state. And I realize that this is a problem, but there's also this state's tough immigration law just isn't working out. Most immigration workers left, so this farmer hired Americans. Problem is, he says, most show up late, work slower, and are ready to head home after lunch. Some even quit after just one day out in the field. And farmers say many Americans are not physically fit and simply don't work fast enough. And Republicans always say immigrants are coming to take your jobs. But it turns out Americans suck at migrant work. They suck so much. Florida farmers have teamed up with Republican token Alicia Garcia and Rick. I make the KFC colonel look ethnic Roth, who got all yelly at this meeting when he began ranting about how migrants leaving Florida is hurting profit margins, and only they can stop the bleeding. This is more of a political bill than it is policy. It does give more police state powers going forward to deal with immigration, but still, this is mainly a political bill. Bill is 100% supposed to scare you. I'm a farmer and the farmers are mad as hell. We are losing employees. They're already starting to move to Georgia and other states. It's urgent that you talk to all your people and, and convince them that you have resources, state representatives, and other people that can explain the bill to you. Oh, I'm pretty sure they can read. What you're experiencing is the find out phase. 
You and your fellow Republicans, spelling your names with three Ks, by the way, pushed so hard for a racist Jose Crow type law. And now that the workers that you've targeted are leaving your state, you are crying for diplomacy in a room full of people that you have deemed representatives of their people. So guess what? You and every Republican Floridian voter that put you where you are have fucked around long enough. We think it's high time you pick your own fruit, clean your own rooms, build your own housing developments. But remember, migrants are more fit, faster, and able to tell time better than Americans. Because according to your own farmers, American workers are fat, show up late, and find any excuse they can think of to leave work early. Quit blaming immigrants for America's pre-existing employment issues. And while we're discussing the find out phase, just because you have the word liberty in the name of your organization does not mean that you're not a hate group. Case in point, Moms for Liberty. Florida-based Moms for Liberty is now listed as an anti-government extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The social justice organization founded shortly after the civil rights era. And the extremist designation ranks these mothers alongside far-right extremist groups like Oath Keepers. This is the first time they're listing what they call anti-student inclusion groups. Citing the organization's playbook of challenging and removing books from school libraries and trying to influence curriculum. What do you call a group of mostly white, impotent, rage-filled mothers who identify as an innocuous parental rights organization, but just so happens to be against schools teaching accurate historical facts, empathy for others through reading books, and if they have their way, they will actively make sure that every politician makes the Department of Education, go away. Why you call that a hate group, regardless of whether or not it's headed by a woman who has actually given birth. Groups like Moms for Liberty specifically has been very successful in leveraging their ties with media and, and politicians. An overarching theme of these groups is that public schools, public teachers are trying to radicalize and indoctrinate students with a radical Marxist agenda. They found the Republicans because that was a benchmark of the individual participation where voices of the families were part of the educational uh, policy making. For exposition purposes, this group began as a Karen-level tantrum over school closures during COVID-19, but it has grown into a wet dream for Republican politicians like presidential hopeful and gubernatorial disaster Rhonda Schitznane, who will be speaking at their get-together later this month, and media networks like Fox, not a news channel, who loves giving airtime to bigoted white people. Moms for Liberty is behind removing books from libraries, whitewashing history curriculum, and making the Libidiqua community feel very unwelcomed. This group is basically a rebooted version of the angry white people who protested desegregation back in the 1950s. Think Marxist school curriculum conspiracies mashed with a clear hatred toward inclusion, 
diversity and equity in educational institutions, which is what really drives home the fact that this is a hate group. But what makes these moms a complete laughingstock is that without inclusion, diversity, and equity, none of these women would have a voice. Literally, these women have a platform and are able to influence as much as they are because of the same concepts that they are fighting against. Now, I'm not saying these women are smarter than a fifth grader, but you'd have to have at least enough sense not to bite the hand that has allowed them to get where they are today, but you would be wrong. This is how entitled white women interpret the world. They conveniently forget or weren't taught about the not-so-long-ago time of, like, my boomer mother's era, when women went from their father's home to only attend college to find a husband and become a housewife. When women couldn't get a bank account, a loan of any kind, a job, a place to live without a co-signature of their father or their husband. When women couldn't get a divorce unless they could prove to a judge that their husband cheated or physically abused them with evidence. Any group or organization who seeks to turn back the clock that far is not only a hate group, they're a terrorist organization if you ask me. And now for something completely different. It's been two long years since the crime was first committed, but... You know, then there were other crimes and then there were more crimes and, and crimes on top of... Anyway, there were so many crimes that happened over the last two years that some doubted this day would never, ever come. But <laughs> Jack spoke. An indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. Violations of those laws put our country at risk. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Applying those laws, collecting facts, that's what determines the outcome of an investigation. My office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. I would like to take this moment to point out that is the first time we have heard from Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. And boy, that man does not disappoint. Steely Classified Documents Don has been officially charged with 38 counts of you, my friend, are fucked up. Unlike President Biden and the pastiest former Veep, Mike Pence, who gave their classified documents back as soon as they found them, Donnie Two Scoops said he didn't have them, then refused to give them back, and then said they were declassified before he took them. Basically, any excuse a fifth grader with an education like his could come up with. Unfortunately for the tangerine ball bag, that definitely did not work out because Jack didn't believe old lies with two hands and charged him with the following. 
unsealing a 37-count indictment alleging that after leaving the White House, Mr. Trump illegally possessed classified government materials at his Mar-a-Lago home, showing national defense secrets to visitors at his New Jersey golf club, including military attack plans, and also detailing alleged efforts by Mr. Trump to mislead the government and his own lawyers about the whereabouts of the material. The boxes were stored in various places around Mr. Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, including a ballroom, a bathroom and shower, an office space, his bedroom and a storage room. Prosecutors attach photos to the indictment showing boxes stacked along the walls in storage rooms, another showing several documents spilling out of a box. The twice-impeached, cosplaying January 6th dictator, sexual abuser, already arrested, disgrace of a human being, dumbass Jay Tool, will be appearing in a Miami, Florida federal courthouse this coming Ruby of a Tuesday to be arrested again. But this time, it's all about the documents, baby. The ones that contain national secrets, U.S. nuclear capabilities, and a whole host of shit that he shouldn't have had sitting around in a bathroom next to toilets, which kind of makes sense since we know that Dumpy Bronzer is the most active when he's on the shitter at 3 a.m., of course. <laughs> now, what makes this indictment delicious is that back in 2016, Old Yeller made sure anyone who mishandled classified documents would get the proverbial can of soup thrown at them. Roll tape. On political corruption, we are going to restore honor to our government. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. Oh, it's hard to watch, but you know that this man never thinks anything all the way through. As a hilarious side note, back in the long ago time of 2018, when this eight-piece bucket was president, he signed a bill making changes to the existing Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which means what he just got indicted for is now a felony instead of a misdemeanor with a minimum penalty of five years in prison instead of just one. <laughs> because Karma, she's a hell of a girl. Karma is such a badass. Jessica Tarlov, who works for the Fox Not A News channel, said this on television, and they didn't censor her. What has been proven time and time again when it comes to this particular case is that Donald Trump and all of his supporters have been lying to us about what happened. So first he went with everything was declassified because he's magic and he can look at things and they become declassified. Now he's on tape admitting the fact that he's showing people, Mark Meadows' team when he's trying to do the book, a document that was still classified and that he knows that he doesn't have the power to declassify it anymore because he's no longer president. He said they were properly secured. I don't think a toilet is a skiff. Maybe I'm wrong. Better than a Corvette. Yeah. Or Here you garage. go. Misdirection. Misdirection. He also said that he complied with everything. We know he flouted subpoenas. And now we know that he asked his lawyers to get rid of things. Oh, so that's why both of Trader Don's attorneys formally resigned after they had that meeting with Jack Smith at the DOJ before the indictment was announced. Ah, oh, it makes so much sense. So what were the lies Tangerine Trader told his lawyers that convinced them they really had to get out of Jack's line of fire?
They've got these conversations that were memorialized by the president's attorney. The president goes on to say, well, what if we, what happens if we just don't respond at all to the subpoena, I guess, or don't play ball with them? The president goes on to say, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? Well, look, isn't it better if there are no documents? Okay, so while the big Lebowski was telling his attorneys to pretend like he didn't have classified documents, like the 1,000 classified documents he had told his chief of staff, Marky Meadows, to take with him after leaving office. By the way, he did. The boxes that were stolen documents and stored found themselves going all on this sad and seemingly endless tour of Mar-a-Lago's bathrooms, shower stalls, ballrooms, and offices, as well as being dumped out all over floor closets. But nothing, I mean nothing, screams, I'm hiding shit, like a premeditated scheme to create plausible deniability, like this mysterious flood that took out servers containing surveillance footage showing the boxes being moved around on their magical journey all over Mar-a-Lago during the same time Wacko Donald was saying that he already returned everything. There's nothing to see here. So now Scooby-Coo will need to find some local Floridian ambulance chasers willing to defend Benedict Trump, which is really just an exercise in futility. But hey, at least Judge Eileen Cannon is back. A judge assigned to this case, the Trump appointee, which is not the relevant issue, but it's Judge Eileen Cannon. She initially oversaw, as you know, the handling of the classified documents after the Mar-a-Lago search and delayed the prosecution for months with decisions that favored Donald Trump and were eventually decisively overturned by the 11th Circuit. So. so it's not entirely clear yet the role that's been assigned to Judge Cannon. I gotta say, the venue for this trial being Miami, Florida, where even the Cubans now living there who fleed communist Cuba is registered as Republicans, leaves more than a, what the fuck was Jack thinking in my mouth? And it kind of looks like placation. Sure, having Florida host the biggest trial in U.S. history since O.J. Simpson showed us how not to put on a glove appears to be fair and balanced being in Florida. But remember, the jury pool in Miami voted for Trader Don at least twice in each election. Not to mention, no matter where the trial is being held, Republicans are going to complain. It's their brand. And since their target audience is the very pasty Karen and Kevin registered to vote in Florida, maggots of all shapes and sizes have found a microphone and they are demanding to speak to the manager of the DOJ. Roll tape. Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs tweeted, We have now reached a war phase. I for an I. Andy Biggs took it even lower. Biggs tweet today, We have reached a war phase. I for an I. Congressman Clay Higgins tweeted the following, quote, This is a perimeter probe from the oppressors. Hold. Our POTUS has this. Buckle up. One slash five zero K. Know your bridges. Rock steady calm. That is all. You know, this is a classified Don kind of thing. When the maggots start crying civil war and leave it to their elected fascists to be the first ones to ring that cowbell. Isn't it enough that this trial is being held in a maggot friendly venue with a judge that has already proven to be an ally enough of an advantage for these privileged dumb folk? No. 
They want a sequel to January 6th set in sunny Florida and during a writer's strike. <laughs> so I guess we can expect a pole thumping, shit smearing, discount patriot good time in the most flaccid state in our union. Although I do find it interesting that Florida's dumbest excuse for a governor, Shorty to Shitstain, is currently running for the Republican nomination for president which makes him a direct political opponent with steely McTiny hands. And it would be so fortuitous for Hairplug Ron and his campaign and chances of winning if Marlardo was convicted of the case of the stolen documents. <laughs> Just saying. And speaking of alleged pipe bombers, the Paleolithic disaster from Georgia, Marge Trader Trash, made her way to ultimate Karen Ingram's poorly educated excuse for a television show to defend her over-bronzed leader by white and title-splaining how not a big deal it is to have classified information when you shouldn't. What we read today in the skiff, and I, wanted, I want to let everyone know, this is a document that all of America should be able to see, but the FBI is stonewalling us and they would only let us see it in a skiff. Well, what I did after reading the document is I made notes when I walked out and I went to the table and I wrote down everything that I had just read so that I could come out and tell the American people what I read. Folks, I think that we should take a moment to acknowledge this whole traffic cone of treason stealing classified documents to share with his friends, members of his golf clubs, and allegedly the leaders of Saudi Arabia isn't a bug of the Republican Party. It's a feature. Their dear lard father does it, and the newly divorced clan mom from Georgia just did it a couple of days ago. And does anyone else see a pattern here? It's a good thing the commander-in-chief's former chief of staff just flipped with Jack Smith and is turning over evidence and testimony in exchange for limited immunity because he's the one with the text conversations from January 6th. Texts about planning, coordinating, and pardons to avoid prosecution for the now-failed coup attempt specifically with the alleged pipe bomber like the howler monkey from Georgia who scribbles down national security secrets so she can share them with people who shouldn't know about them in the first place. That's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday and you can find us on social media wherever you can find us. You can also listen on... Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, or basically wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show and to Der for now.